You guys, welcome to episode 131 of The Smush Room, aka The Mailbag Episode. Yes, guys and dolls, we are finally fucking here. We are finally doing The Mailbag Episode. Today is the day that you are going to get to hear your DMs and uh, emails and voice notes, your critiques, your criticisms, your uh, uh, couple suggestions, all the things. And I need it today. I mean, we'll talk in a minute, but like, I just need to do this today. Like I need to just sit in front of this Blue Yeti microphone and just like go for it today. No structure. I just want to kind of ramble and like hang out and talk. And I don't know. And uh, I don't know. I don't smoke inside my apartment anymore, but like in theory, like this is a chain smoking episode for me. Do you know what I mean? In my mind, that's what I'm doing right now. I've obviously been talking about Recording this episode for the past few months at the beginning and end of each episode at fucking nauseam, so I'm sure you're excited that that's finally over, um, but as previously mentioned, I just, you know, I wanted to push it back because the fake couples episode happened, and the Justin and Selena episode happened, and it just felt like doing a mailbag before those episodes would be a poor choice on my part, because then I would just be doing a mailbag part three, you know, a week later, um, which, by the way, can we talk about the fact that this is our second mailbag and that this podcast is, has been around long enough that we are on mailbag episode number two? I'm so excited. I mean, this is like, I, I guess this would be considered a milestone event. This is a milestone. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a milestone because once you get past 100 episodes, it's like, well, you know, we just continue on. But this is big. This is our second mailbag. And it's just as big uh, for me as it is for you, because this is just as much your podcast at this point as it is mine. If you've been listening to this since the beginning, since I was a shaky voiced idiot in a closet, (laughs) having no idea what I was doing and just winging it mostly, um, which is like really nothing's changed except I've like moved out of my closet now. But like, you know, this is a big deal for all of us. And I'm really excited to get to you guys' to get to your messages. Also, another side note, um, since I did push this back, some of these messages are from a few months ago, obviously. So you may not even remember that you messaged me. And today will be (laughs) a surprise for you listening because you emailed me something four months ago and I never read it. So here we are. Um... I also just want to apologize to you guys because I feel like I've been super, super, like, MIA the past week. Um, my grandmother, who I talk about all the time, who who I say is, like, Wolverine because she is, like, just defeats death all the time. I used to say, like, that her bones are made of whatever the, like, titanium is that Wolverine is made of. Um, she passed away this week, and it's been a really, really, really stressful, crazy week, you know? Um, it's so weird. Cause it's like, even though your grandparents are older and you expect that they'll die when it happens, it's like, you never know that it's going to happen. And it, it, it always feels not that I've really gone through this before, to be honest, but like from what I gather, speaking to other people about it, it always feels unexpected, even if it is expected, you know, you just like never know how you'll deal with it. So that's why I just, I, I want it. I'm obviously going to continue Justin and Selena. We're going to do that, um, next week. And I'm going to trek on, and a lot of you guys have been messaging me about Justin and Haley. Um, I figured Justin and Haley would just be like a natural, 
Like, we would just naturally progress to that because we have to, you know? You know, dad's a completionist. So, I, yeah, I mean, eventually we're going to do, I don't know if we'll do it immediately after. I don't know if you guys will just be, like, completely OD'd on Justin Bieber. But, you know, we can if you want. Let me know. Reach out. Message me. If you want to, I can continue this for, like, literally the remainder of next month because that's probably how long it would take. Or we can split it up and I can maybe do some couples in between, do some light stuff, like some fictional couples and just like, I don't know, some fun things. And then we can like pick it back up. It doesn't matter to me, but neither here nor there. I want to get into this mailbag. Um, there are some, I mean, there's a lot of, this is mostly emails. A lot of these are emails. A lot of these are, um, DMS. Um, there's a few voice notes, but for the most part, you guys decided to, to put, uh, What's the saying? Ink to uh, quill to paper? The old adage. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to be reading a lot today. That'll be fun. Last side note before I start reading. Um, I got an alert today that my... So I use... Actually, you know what? I'm going to wait because there's a question that gets into this and I'm going to wait. So let's just go ahead and get started. Um, this first message is from Catherine Hackett. This is an email. She said, can you and Liz Bentley please do another Teen Mom episode? It's been so long since the Farrah and James Dean app. Janelle and David would be great, but their divorce drama is still ongoing, so maybe that'll be a good one for 2020. Uh, but something about Leah and her two marriages slash divorces would be amazing. There's so much juicy drama and funny anecdotes in there. I'd love it. Um, I would absolutely adore that. I always feel like when I have Liz Bentley on the podcast, like, I always want to talk about Teen Mom, but then I'm like... <laughs> It's like the only thing Liz gets to talk about. You know what I mean? So that like, do you want to highlight anything else? Because she's so, like, she has so many amazing, like, theories and thoughts and things to say just generally about pop culture. So whenever she's on the podcast, I try and, like, give her the opportunity to talk about something completely random that she doesn't have to, like, talk about every day. But selfishly, yeah, I always only want to talk about Teen Mom. Like, hello. Especially, you guys know how I feel about Leah. I think Leah is, like, undercover my favorite teen mom. Like, she's the one that I quote the most. She's the one that, like, immediately comes to mind for me when I think about the franchise. Like, I just have this weird affection towards her because she reminds me of a Lifetime movie in a way that the other girls don't. Like, they all remind me of a Lifetime movie, but Leah really is, like, such a cliche. I always say that she's such a stereotype of her environment, of the holler. <laughs> um... So yeah, Liz, if you would be down to leave your Teen Mom podcast for a day and then come on my podcast to talk about Teen Mom, I would absolutely adore a full-on beginning-to-end deep dive about Leah or whoever. Um, and yeah, Janelle would be super fun. I've talked a lot about Janelle with Liz already. Actually, one of my favorite things that I've ever recorded with Liz was uh Janelle's 16 and pregnant episode and that was like one of the first things that Liz and I ever recorded together and we talked about this recently but like it was super funny because I wasn't used to like scheduling a recording like I didn't know like recording etiquette so I scheduled that Liz and I would record together and then I made plans thinking like I would be done at this like exact time I was like well the team mom episode is an hour so Liz and I will talk for an hour right? <laughs> like, I was such an idiot, 
and I forgot that I had like made plans and my friend wanted to, we were going to this like beer festival and my friend was like outside waiting for me while I'm like sweating in a closet, like scream laughing with Liz about Janelle's 2007 hair color or whatever. I don't know. Um, but neither here nor there. I would absolutely adore it. Any like chance that I get to record with Liz is like the greatest thing ever. So I could talk to Liz about anything on this fucking microphone. So yes, consider it done. This next message is from Ashley Butler. She said, hi, Troy. Just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the pod from Australia. You are my trashy 2000s reality TV spirit animal. And I have some ideas for the show. In America's Next Top Model episode, things you could cover. Eva and her husband and those Missy Elliott rumors. Ooh, ooh. Adrian and Greg Brady. Oh, goosebumps. Cycle 3 Michelle, the flesh-eating bacteria laden by sexual wrestlers. Oh my god i read this this so ashley sent me this message in december and i haven't read it since december and this is like i forgot how funny it is and the dude from survivor who lied about his grandma dying i will never be able to cleanse my brain from the each true hollywood story bit of her saying her newborn daughter had long legs and a sexy butt why <laughs> cycle eight renee and jl's tragic stories you could do an all janice dickinson part two um you have to mention the fact that when she found out she was pregnant, she claimed it was Sylvester Stallone's and is open about the fact that she chose him because he was the richest guy she'd fucked recently. She's a smart lady. Also, Liam Neeson, um, Evian Bottle Dick, Mick Jagger and the horrific and her horrific Bill Cosby story. Plus, don't forget to mention she's in the PTA. Janice Dickinson, why have I not talked about her in this podcast? I adore her i listened to her audiobook twice because she reads it in that raspy smoker's voice oh yes again consider it done she also said um i also respectfully need a whitney and bobby episode but i think a good spin on it would be uh to make it at least a two-parter with one part being uh whitney and robin crawford if you haven't read her book you need to i'm whitney nippy if you're nasty super fan yes I waited literally decades for it, and I was not disappointed. It's not even that gossipy. It's a genuinely beautiful, not exploitative book, and you can really see how much she loved Whitney, and still does even now. It really shows you how smart, funny, and badass Whitney was as a three-dimensional person and not just a punchline, and how manipulative everyone was around her. That said, respect needs to be paid to being Bobby Brown. How great was it how offended Bobby got because literally everyone called him Whitney Houston's husband. He was basically the Nick Lachey of his own show. <laughs> he was also sorry. He was also constantly shown recording music and talking about making an album and none of it ever surf, uh, surfaced. Uh, we all know who the real star of it was. In most of the episodes, you just waited for Whitney to show up and be hilarious. My personal favorite quote was when they had a family get together for Mother's Day and she iconically complained, it's Mother's Day, not all everybody day. But really choosing a favorite quote is like choosing a favorite child, except they're all good. She was always just a natural entertainer. Anyway, sorry for the essay. I'm a huge fan and can't wait to see what you get up to in the future. Ashley. Oh, what a beautifully written message. That was truly, I mean, the mailbag can end here. That was amazing. First of all, you don't understand, you'll never be able to understand how many times I have sat down in front of my computer and thought, this is the day. I've wanted to do a Whitney and Bobby episode for so long. I'm going to be honest with you. I do feel overwhelmed by it in the same way that I felt overwhelmed by Beyonce, so I like wouldn't touch it. 
But now I've done that, and I kind of feel like, not to toot my own horn, but I kind of feel like in the context of this podcast, I can do anything. You know what I mean? If I can do five parts about Beyonce and, and Jay-Z, like, I can do Whitney and Bobby easy. And I've also been wondering how I would like to do it. Like, I would actually like to cover all of being Bobby Brown. I would like to, I think, there's, too, sorry, I'm getting overwhelmed. Uh-oh. Um, there's too much going on in that show to not cover every episode. The drug issues, their dynamic, Bobby Christina, the side characters, uh, fucking Phaedra Parks. Like, there's just a lot going on in being Bobby Brown, and I think it deserves more than, like, one episode. It also deserves more than me talking about it as a portion of their life. I want to do a full Bobby being Bobby Brown series. I actually kind of think I've been toying with the idea of doing something like that for like bonus episodes and having a new person watch an episode every week, like bringing new people into, instead of doing it every week by myself, like having somebody else watch a new, uh, an episode of being Bobby Brown. Um, cause I'm not going to like force somebody to watch that entire show with me and talk about it for like a month. But yeah, again, you can consider that to be done. Like that is something that is definitely happening. I am a huge, huge fan of Whitney Houston. Um, you guys know that, like, I mean, obviously, Britney Spears is, like, my, I call her my pop culture compass, because she's, like, the way that I, because she in, basically was my introduction to pop culture. She's how I view all pop culture, through this, like, Britney filter, and Whitney and Britney remind me so much of each other, and I've always made comparisons between the fact that, of her time, Whitney was basically the black Britney, not in the sense of, like, talent, but just how she was marketed, and um, how she was presented to the world and how she was controlled and, you know, filtered and how her, her real life was so hidden from the public and, you know, but the difference, well, they're actually, it's also really comparable that they both met a version of K-Fed and allowed that person to like dim their light. Like Whitney and Brittany have eerily similar lives. It is fucking crazy. Anyway, I didn't mean to make Whitney Houston about Britney, but you know, it happens. I just, I love her so much. I love Whitney Houston more than I can put into words, and I would absolutely fucking adore an episode about her. We should do a voice note now. This is, uh, this is a message from Candace Klein. Hey, Troy. Longtime listener here, and I have two suggestions for people to do for this mushroom. One is Cat Stacks. Um, not only did the woman like become famous for playing Soldier Boy so bad and other uh, various rapper celebrities, but also she has a her own line of pleaser stripper heels, which are amazing. Um, also, second, hello, can we talk Brandon Greasy Bear Davis? <laughs> I, <laughs> you like he's so gnarly. That whole Paris Hilton era. Um, He's just like a, he seems like such a weirdo and like gross, typical billionaire. And I love him so much. Um, actually, that's like my one celebrity encounter. It was from afar. I saw him in his like Maybach being chauffeured around like, I don't even know, like La Brea or something. And he just looked so hungover and forlorn or forlorn, shall I say. It was so good. Anyway, so Cat Stacks and Brandon Davis would be amazing. Candace, you are speaking my language, gal friend. 
You are speaking the language I like to hear. Let's first address Cat Stacks. First of all, Cat Stacks is somebody that I just, I'm even hearing her name immediately puts me back in like, what was it like? Was it like 2009 that she was really prominent? Like 2008? For those of you who don't know, Cat Stacks is this woman. I don't, Candace, I don't even know if you know this or not. But Candace, or Candace, Candace is a woman. <laughs> Kat Stax is this girl who became like an internet sensation because she would out celebrities. She basically would fuck all these like rappers and then expose them. She would g- give their phone numbers out on, on Twitter and she would, you know, uh, release pictures of their dicks and she would release text messages like, literally would get on, I don't even know, like, she would get on YouTube, I guess, because it was, like, 2009, and she'd be like, y'all wanna call Soldier Boy? Y'all wanna call, um, y'all wanna call Bow Wow? Bow Wow's number is 232-423-4548. Call Soldier Boy! And, like, she would literally give out these people's phone numbers, and then these rappers would, like, send fucking goons after her to beat her up in public. So, there were these viral videos of her like every other day for like years of her just like just raising hell. And then it came out like, you know, years later that she was hired by the man who owns world star hip hop. She was hired by him because he was like pimping her. He was, she, he hired her to like expose people to create, content for his website so according to her she came out years later and said yeah it was fake like none of it was real which i don't believe i don't believe that all of it was fake um i think that she had gotten herself into a situation where she like had to just be like look i'm done you know what i mean but it was a really fucking crazy time it was so fun and she's such an underrated like pop culture moment people don't talk enough about cat stacks so i would adore that sounds like something that i would do with liz bentley (laughs) Liz, do you want to talk about Cat Stacks with me? Is that the thing that we should do together? Um, and also, oh my God, Brendan Davis, like, where do we even begin? First of all, RIP Jason, who just passed away. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't know that Jason Davis was still alive. My immediate, like, the image that pops into my mind when I see him is, like, just him looking terrible and having sores all over his legs and his cane and all the things. But I mean, Brandon is like, Brandon Davis is one of those people that it shocks me that I haven't talked about. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I've talked about him in probably 30 episodes. I mean, if I've talked about Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan as much as I have on this podcast, I've definitely talked about Brandon Davis. And, oh, he's just so greasy and sweaty and gross. Like when you picture somebody to be coked out and sweaty, like, he is the image that should come into your mind. Like, he has coke sweats all the time. Ugh, he's so disgusting. But yeah, I'd love to talk about him. I would absolutely adore it. That was an amazing voice note, by the way. I'm, I feel like I need to write these down before we move any further. So I'm going to pause this and write these down, and then we'll continue. Okay, this next one is a DM from Apostrophe on Instagram. She said, Hey, Troy, big fan, yada yada. Episode idea now that you're doing TV romances Shane from the L word and or Alice and her Dana life size cutout. Um, 
this is my confession. I've never watched The L Word. Eek! I know, not good. Not good for a homosexual. Not good. Um, You know, I think the thing with The L Word is like, when I was younger, I was so, as like a gay hormonal teenager, I was so enamored by uh, Queer as Folk that I was like, I don't have time for lesbians. I was so obsessed with Queer as Folk that I never, like, got into it. Not that you, like, have to choose, um, but it just, like, took over me. And I've always wanted to watch The L Word because, ironically, I love the real L Word, the reality show on Showtime with Tender Romy. I mean, Romy and Whitney. Not to change the subject, but I do love the reality show version of The L Word, which is super weird. Um... And you're not the first person to ask me to do an L word thing. So I'm always down for an excuse to watch some gay content. I heard that the reboot or not reboot, but like the, I guess it would be considered a reboot was like not great. Um, people were not into it, but I'm, I'm like down to watch the L word. Everybody I know who's ever watched it or started watching it just became so sucked in. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to consider it done because it is like six years of TV that I'd have to watch because I'm a completionist. You know how I am. I'm not going to watch like two episodes and then just like decide to talk about it. But I have a feeling once I start it, I won't be able to stop. So I'll write it down and I will make a mental note as well. And uh, yeah, consider it written down. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but thank you for the DM. This next DM is from, let's see, Vanessa Cordero, who is a friend of the pod and also, um, she has done two of the fictional couple episodes with me. Uh, we just recorded True Romance together a few weeks ago. And she also did uh, a uh, My So-Called Life episode with me. She is the co-host of The Bottom Bible, which if you haven't listened yet, is an amazing fucking podcast. It's so funny and it always makes me want to get drunk. Um, she said, I have a recent celebrity encounter. Oh, this is fun. This celeb was actually really nice. So no real dish. Jada Pinkett Smith came into my work. I managed a slightly posh massage studio and was hoping for a walk-in appointment. We didn't have anything available, so I only got to walk with her a few minutes, but she was delightful and gorgeous. She came alone, no staff or hangers-on, and was driving an expensive-as-hell car. I remember looking at the car make and model, but I don't remember what it was now. I just remember it was spendy and fancy. David Hasselhoff was also in once and wore a tracksuit jacket with nothing underneath. He was nice too, possibly higher, just well prescribed. Oh, and a porn star. He's a regular and doesn't care if we tell people. So I can tell you that he he goes by the name Small Hands. He's adorable and one of the nicest clients ever. First of all, is Small Hands single? And the fact that you haven't given him my number, I'm offended, girl. Um, wait, let's look at David Hasselhoff's license plate. What does it say? Hoff. Hoff Rider? Oh, Lord. David Hasselhoff's. Oh man, I'm gonna post this on the Instagram. <laughs> David Hasselhoff's license plate says Hoff Rider. Ugh, that's amazing. The thing I love about David Hasselhoff is that he's so aware of like what his celebrity is. Like he's so self-aware about the fact that he's like one of those weird, like, you know, really famous in China, like a pop star in Africa kind of celebrities. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, really in on the joke about himself, and I like that. Like, the fact that his license plate says Hoff Rider is, like, 
he knows what the people want from him. He knows people are going to take pictures of that car. I love that. I would love to share a juicy burger with him on the carpet. Um, and also the fact that you saw Jada Pinkett and Smith, why <laughs> the fact that you saw Jada Pinkett in person is fucking insane. I feel like I, I would, it would take everything in me to not pick her up and just swaddle her against her will. Totally. Like just pick her up feet kicking and just rock her back and forth. Cause she's so little and tiny and beautiful. Thank you, Vanessa. Please come back on my podcast again because talking to you feels like free therapy. Thank you. Bye. This next message is from Frogs2000 on Instagram. It says, you're right about Beyonce's activism. It is very performative and her silence slash status as a living legend allows her to never take accountability, which she should, especially with her Jeff Bezos level of wealth. But also I think she's seen as the one because she's kind of the one responsible for the 2010 rebranding of feminism which has been what other pop girls have been endorsing for the past decade. Flawless was definitely her, definitely the first big liberal feminist anthem. Like, again, it all comes down to Beyonce's cultural impact. I mean, no lies detected, it's true. You know, I have to be honest with you, it's so funny that I, like, when I was doing that Beyonce thing that I was just so, like, I had gotten so lax about just saying whatever the fuck I wanted about Beyonce, that it's like, it, like, I'm so removed from that now that I'm, like, scared again. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, afraid to talk negatively about her. But no, it's true. Like, Beyonce did sort of come up with the modern version of what it means to be a feminist pop star. And, like, how you can be a feminist pop star and still, in a lot of ways, be silent and profit off of it. But also make giant impact, you know? So it makes sense that the other girls kind of followed suit. I don't remember what um, what publication it was from, but I definitely remember reading a quote from that Beyonce, one of the five parts, where the uh, the publication talked about how, like, you know, we look to, to female pop stars as, like, this sort of compass on, like, what it means to be a woman during that time, you know? Like, there's sort of this easy-to-digest version of what women are dealing with and looking like and upset about and empowered by, or they can represent, you know, the ways in which women are being repressed during that specific time, much like how we've talked a lot about, like, early 2000s pop stars and how they represent this really strange time for women, which is, like, completely different than what was going on in the 80s and what's happening now. It's, just, it's a wild thing to think about. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that Beyonce packaged female pop star feminism and gave it to all the other girls in a beautiful bow. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I, I can't really say, but it's like undeniable that her impact on what it means to be a female pop star right now is, I mean, it's, it's undeniable bow down. You guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Have you guys taken my advice yet and played my new favorite game? If not, consider this your reminder. I'm partnering again this week with Best Fiends, the five-star rated strategy puzzle game that will have you absolutely hooked. For those of you who have already downloaded it, you can vouch for me. Best Fiends has challenging puzzles that will give you the mental energy boost you need during a long workday. And the thing I love is that the puzzles are also casual enough that pretty much anyone can play. You guys know there's nothing worse than taking out your phone to have a quick scroll through your social media apps and realizing you've wasted like 30 to 45 minutes mindlessly scrolling through stuff you literally don't care about. 
Best Fiends is your remedy to this problem. You don't need an internet connection to use the app, which means you can play on the bus or on the train during your commute. This week, my friend actually asked me to stay at her house for a night to babysit her 12-month-old while she went out of town for an emergency. And I found myself getting pretty stir-crazy being trapped in a house with a person who can't speak or make human words. Uh, So I pulled out my phone, and I may or may not have found myself at level 90 before she came home. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. This next message is from Cassandra. This is an email. She said, I love the episodes that are series the best. I wish you could have done uh, three parts on Hef. I don't really have a great question, uh, but why are you so awesome? <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts? And by the way, the Wild and Wonderful Whites episode was amazing. Love, Cassandra. Thank you, Wonderful Wild and Whites. What? Wild and Wonderful Whites was one of my favorite things I've ever recorded on a microphone, hands down. I'm so happy that Liz and I finally did that. We have been talking about it for literally three years. Um, why am I so awesome? Sweetness, I cannot answer that. <laughs> I'm really just a dumb idiot with a microphone that has no business talking about any of the shit that I'm talking about. And what podcast do I listen to? Well, let's take a look. Um, let's see. Right now I'm really into a podcast called Night Call, which is hosted by uh, Molly Lambert, Tess Lynch, and Emily Yoshida. And I mean, if those names mean anything to you, then it means you probably used to listen to Girls in Hoodies, which is like one of the first podcasts I think I ever listened to. And it was one of the reasons I wanted to become a podcaster. I'm not even kidding. I love Molly Lambert and I love her in every form, like whatever podcast she's on, whether it's like through Grantland or MTV or whatever. Night Call is basically like a It's a podcast about like pop culture theories and conspiracy theories and like alien things. And it's like, it's literally a night call podcast. It's something that you feel like would take place in like 1994. It's really great. Um, Let's see what else. Off Camera with Sam Jones is a really, really good, if you're into celebrity interviews, like really intense, in-depth, like long form, powerful, sometimes move you to tears celebrity interviews um off camera is amazing it's there's a podcast version of it and then there's like a version of it that you can watch on youtube where it's like him black and white just sitting with a celebrity and talking about stuff for like an hour to two hours um it's really 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 good he's got really good guests um let's see what else uh you guys know that i love horror movies i'm a really 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 big horror fan And to be honest, I like listen to horror movies or horror movie podcasts more than like anything. Um, Dead Meat is an amazing horror podcast. If you like, if you like that kind of stuff, you probably already know them because they're super popular. Also, um, Two Guys in a Chainsaw is just like two like nerdy guys talking about like 80s horror movies. It's great. Um, Let's see. I obviously have to shout out like my friends. You know what I mean? Um, listen to Ryan Bailey's podcast, uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, Snap Back to Reality, like, Do You Remember This, um, The Bitch Bible, I mean, there's so many, I totally paused, 
so many friends of the pod now. Um, Gimme Pizza podcast, obviously Feathers in My Hair, Everyone's Business But Mine with Kara Berry. Fuck, there's so many. Uh, Bravo Happy Hour. I mean, the list goes on and fucking on. Maybe I can like post um, like a screenshot on my stories of uh, the podcast that I listen to just to kind of make it easier than me rambling them off to you and saying um for seven minutes in between each one. Let's move on to a voice note. Hi, Troy. This is Shira. You probably already know that based on the email address this came from. Um, But I wanted to contribute a voice note um, to say I have been loving this Beyonce and Jay-Z series, but also that one of my favorite parts of this holiday season was introducing my sister and my husband to this mushroom. Um, I only get to see my sister a couple of times a year uh, because we live on opposite sides of the country. Um, So hopefully they'll be listening and hear this. And um, we got started talking about this uh, because we were discussing the Glee curse and I introduced them to the um, Leah Michelle or I guess it wasn't the Leah Michelle episode, but the uh, Rachel Berry Finn episode. Um, and from there, the obsession took off um, to the point where we're all listening to old episodes now too and discussing those. Um, and, you know, thanks for being a part of our holiday season and um, Happy New Year. Wow, I love Shira. Shira was in the last mailbag episode. She had a re- I don't remember what the question was, but I do remember it being good. And um, she always, like, DMs me and, like, comments on stuff. She's always, like, very active on the uh, the Instagram and stuff. She's cool. And uh, thank you for that. That's exciting. I First of all, the thought of, like, people sitting around on Christmas and listening to this voice is crazy to me. But I'm beyond appreciative. That's super fucking cool. Um hi to you and your sister and your husband and your family and all the people that are listening to this as far as the glee episode goes i recorded that obviously with mike and sonia from we ryan the love podcast again another podcast that you should listen to it's super fun i've been on it twice and they do um all of the like celeb reality shows they've done like flavor of love and i love new york um and i've been able to do a flavor of love and i love new york episode with them which was super cool um, and they were amazing. They're such good guests. They're so fun and funny. And I feel like a weird thruple in their relationship when, <laughs> uh, when we record together, but yeah, the Glee episode was super fun. I got a lot of feedback on that episode from people being like, you either don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you need to rewatch Glee or people being like, that was amazing. Do more Glee stuff. Both are probably right. Like I hadn't watched Glee in a really long time when I recorded that. So um, I wasn't like up on my Glee knowledge as as well as I probably should have been, but it was fun and I love Glee and I'm obsessed with the Glee curse. And I think, you know, at some point this podcast became the Grim Reaper podcast. Like it's just me ruining people's childhoods every week. But I will say like Glee is one of those shows that just has an undeniable amount of darkness going on around it. Like you can't look at that show and still see it, it through the eyes of, you know, a 2008 naive kid who just wants to see Leah Remini give you the Barbra Streisand moment, like, which that's great. Leah Remini? Is that what I just said? Did I just say Leah Remini? I'm not correcting it. I actually like that. Let's leave it in. Um, to see Leah Michelle give you Barbra Streisand, ooh, ah, ah, but like, and it's great, but like, I mean, 
between the deaths and the fucking pedophilia and just all of the weird shit. And I also, I stand behind my thoughts about Ryan Murphy. I think, I just think that, that Ryan Murphy is really presenting a lot in front of us that we don't like think a lot about uh, what do I how how do I say this without sounding like a fucking psychopath I think that Ryan Murphy has a lot going on I think the casting of Ryan Murphy's shows is very interesting I think the things that he makes people do on his shows is very interesting that's all I'm gonna say maybe we'll get into it the glee curse would be a fun thing to talk about um so, like, not doing an episode about an actual episode of Glee, but just talking about how fucked up it is behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to write that down because that is an episode idea. And again, thank you for sending me that very iconic voice note. This next message is a DM. Let's see. This is from, oh, this is from Emma. On Instagram, she is E-D-M-C-B-R-I. I just said that really weird. Um, she's EDM, whatever. Uh, she said, not sure if mailbag episode is recorded already, but thoughts on, uh, thoughts of an episode, uh, Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey. And not sure if there's even enough available, but I'd like a deep dive into Brittany and that Jason Trawick. Any Brittany content gives me life. Thanks, XOXO. I've gotten a lot of Brittany DMs from people being like, hi, fucker, um, what you consider to be common knowledge about Britney Spears is not, in fact, common knowledge amongst the rest of the world. So when you say things like, oh, everybody knows that Jason Trawick beat up Britney Spears, like, not everybody just knows that off the top of their head, so you should do an episode about them. And, uh, yeah, I think that that, you know, I've been avoiding, it's so crazy because it's like, it's obvious that I've been avoiding, like, really getting into, like, post-2012 Britney because it just is so sad. But it's obvious that I need to, like, move on from the past or whatever in many ways and um, really, like, kind of delve into some more recent Britney content. Like, the sad stuff, you know? Because now, I've told you guys, I look at 2007, I don't even, like, look at 2007 as, like, a sad year anymore. Like, it's, like, not sad to me. If anything, it's, like, empowering. Like, I look at 2007 as a girl rebelling, you know? And, like giving it a one last ditch effort to break free of like all her bullshit around her. So like, it's more sad now, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that a, a Jason Trawick episode is something that absolutely needs to happen. Unfortunately, like that guy is just, I think he is the fucking worst. I think any man that's been brought into Britney's life, you know, post, I mean, that's a loaded a loaded statement but i think like the more recent men that have been hired to date her it's like to be hired to date somebody is already so despicable and weird like to even accept the offer to be like yes i will sign a contract that states i'll date this girl who didn't choose me that her dad picked it's fucking weird and the same thing goes for sam like who is sam let's like look past the fact that sam is hot he's also being hired to date her and it's fucking weird you know what i mean i don't care how attractive he is or how good of a dancer he is or how great they look when she's like dancing with him on instagram it's fucking weird Ugh, ugh whatever yes consider it done a britney and jason trawick episode is definitely happening and thank you for that dm 
this next email is from Vanessa Knudsen. That's an iconic name, actually, by the way. That's a Hollywood name. That's, like, close enough to Vanessa Hudgens that, like, you should be pursuing some sort of entertainment career. Um, She said, hi, Troy. Love your podcast. I had a question for your mailbag episode. I'm always so impressed with the amount of research you do for each episode. So my question is, what is your process and how do you find the time? Do you start with a certain website and go from there? Also, some couple recommendations. Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, and Trisha, oh, Trisha Paytas and Jason Nash. Thanks for all you do, Vanessa. Again, I just have to court you on your name, you know, gorgeous. Um, secondly, uh, let's see. Um, oh, this is the question that I wanted to tie into uh, something else that I wanted to say. So the process for how I do like notes and stuff for the podcast I use an app and this isn't like sponsored or anything, but I use an app called, um, called Evernote. If any of you are like interested in organization, if you're like one of those people that loves to like file things and just, you want an excuse to organize things, Evernote is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. I would not have been able to do the podcast without it. I have been using it since the first episode. I don't stray. I don't use anything else. It is amazing. Um, it's basically, it's a website that you can use as like an attachment on Google Chrome and it files everything that you want to save from the internet. So it'll, you can save like websites, you can save articles, you can, you know, like it's like so easy to, to use it. I'm having a hard time explaining it. Like you can literally like highlight things on a website right click and then you save it to Evernote and Evernote saves whatever you highlighted and it files it into these notebooks so when I do an episode I create a notebook for each person and it's just this giant internet filing cabinet of videos and pictures and websites and links and all this stuff quotes and it's just so I mean it it cuts down the time at least by half it's just so easy to use and it's so good Evernote sponsor me. (laughs) Um, And yeah, typically what I do is start. Okay, so to be honest with you, when I'm about to record an episode, I sit down and I panic because I'm like, oh my God, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to say. I go through this weird moment of like Googling stuff and feeling like I'm not going to be able to find anything. And then what typically happens is I'll find one article that sort of plants the seed and creates the whole thing it's usually one article where I'll find like one scandal or one quote or just something that like hooks me where I'm like oh okay like the meat you know what I mean like I it's it's hard to explain but it's like it usually it starts with panic and then sometimes it ends with me being like it's not meant to be like I've told you as many times there are episodes that I want to do that I've always wanted to do that you suggest to me and I try and do the research and it just doesn't, the couple is either like too private or, you know, now I have like a way to talk about this and it, it it's exciting. But like before I did that fake couples episode, the first one, I would find that like if a couple wasn't real, that the amount of stuff that I had to talk about with them was like very limited because they weren't really dating like, Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron was a perfect example of that. Like, there's nothing to their actual relationship because they weren't dating. You know what I mean? Um, 
they were put together for many different reasons. Um, you know, and like things happened to them while they were dating separately, but they weren't a real couple. So it's like to talk about a couple for an hour that never spent any real time together except for on red carpets and to be photographed is like hard. Um, let's see. Also, oh, and I mean, obviously we're doing Justin and Selena right now, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. I actually wouldn't mind doing a full Gwen Stefani moment. Like talking about her that little bit during the fake couples episode, really like, I was like, I want to, I need more. Like, I really want to talk about Gwen. Um, I'll struggle through talking about Blake. I'll find a way, whatever. And then Trisha and Jason, I am dying to do more YouTubers. And obviously if I'm going to do that, I'm going to start with Trisha and Jason, like, hello. So that is something that you can definitely consider to be done. And the thing that I wanted to like tie into this and loop into it is that I'm running out of space on my Evernote (laughs) and I've never deleted a folder since the first episode of the podcast. I have 130 folders of videos, like I said, pictures, uh, quotes, like, I mean, all of this stuff. And I just save it as like these little relics of like all the hard work that I put in and then you file it away. And I have to delete some of it because I don't want to, I mean, to be honest, I don't want to pay for more storage. (laughs) I'm already paying for storage on Evernote and I don't want to pay for more. So I'm just going to start shit posting. That's the tea mama. I'm just going to start. I'm not really like a shit poster. You know what I mean? Like, I love Instagram accounts that do shit posts, but I'm not really that person. Because, like, I know that I could get so out of control with that. I know myself, and I know who I used to be. But it's time. I'm not deleting this. This stuff means too much to me, and I worked too hard to find it, and I'm just going to start shit posting. So that's something that you need to be prepared for. The shit posting will commence. It's happening. I'm not deleting this stuff. It needs to be filed somewhere. So if Instagram is the platform for that, then so be it. Um, Vanessa, thank you for this email and thank you for giving me a gateway to talk about and explain why my Instagram account for this podcast is going to turn into a shit post. Thank you. <laughs> this next email is from, uh, Kyara Robertson. She said, Troy, so I just finished listening to your fake celebrity couples episode and your mini rant about Jennifer Aniston made my day. Listen, everyone around me is so in love with her and it's nice to know well, this is going to, uh-oh, everybody's like fast forwarding now because they know what's about to happen. Um, everyone around me is so in love with her and it's so, and it's nice to know that someone feels the same way about her that I do. Everyone holds her on a pedestal and there's this forced narrative that she's America's sweetheart. Quite honestly, I don't understand it. Also, I'm not sure if you're taking suggestions, but I have one. Um, have you ever considered doing an episode about iconic celebrity feuds? Wow, what a beautifully written email. <laughs> like, I'm not going to put you through it. I mean, look, you guys know how I feel about Jennifer Aniston, and I've, I've told you now that it's not, it has so much, lit- it sounds like this, like you have the same kind of feeling about her that I do, that it's like, it's not really even so much about her or anything that she does, it's about the way people perceive her. Like, I hate groupthink moments. I hate when people just collectively decide that we all have to feel the same way about a certain thing because it's just been that way for so long. And Jennifer Aniston is just one of those people, like, when guys tell me that Jennifer Aniston is, like, their ultimate celebrity crush, I'm just like, you couldn't be more basic. And it's not because Jennifer Aniston isn't beautiful. It's just, like, because you've been told to say that. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, 
and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get into the movies or her red carpet appearances or the fact that she's been wearing gray for 20 years and has never put her hair up. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to get into it. And yes, I have thought about doing iconic celebrity feuds. I've gotten more messages about doing celebrity feuds than literally anything. And I almost feel like it needs to be, I, I almost, to be completely honest with you, I feel like it needs to be like a separate entity. Like I need to figure out some way to turn that into like its own thing. Cause that's like its own, that feels like its own moment. Like it shouldn't just be like sprinkled in. It's, I don't know. There's so many, I mean, like Paris and Nicole, Paris and Lindsay, Paris and Misha, <laughs> Paris and literally every female pop starlet of all time. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's something that I definitely want to do. And I'm just trying to figure out like the format in which to do it. But again, consider it done. So before I even get into this next email, I just want to like tell the backstory of this moment. I woke up a couple weeks ago to an email from some like podcast, whatever. It was like some chart, some like website that charts your podcast for you. And it told me that my podcast was like trending in Norway. And I had no idea why. I was like, that's so weird. And I, what have I done recently that would like, you know, what, what have I done recently that would elicit a, a, uh, a Norwegian trending moment? And then I go on Instagram, and I don't know if you're familiar with Sophie Elise. She's this Norwegian, like, basically like the Kim Kardashian of Norway. She's fucking gorgeous. She's a blogger and an influencer, and she's a writer. She has, like, a a goop moment happening where she has this, like, lifestyle brand. Like, she truly is, and she's fucking gorgeous. So I found out that she had, like, reposted one of my episodes and, like, posted on her, her Instagram that, like, listening to the podcast is like a huge stress relief for her which was like fucking crazy and then we started dming and she's like the sweetest nicest funniest just most like the nicest person ever so thanks to sophie my podcast was trending in norway for like a week and that's like i mean who can say who else can say that they were famous in Norway for a week. It's amazing. <laughs> and this is uh, this is an email from her. She said, hey, it's your crazy Norwegian friend, Sophie Elise. I really much enjoyed the last episode with Brittany in it. More Brittany to the people. So here are my questions for just the general episodes um, that I would love to listen to. Um, she said, not a relationship thing, but can we can we learn more about Jamie Lynn, her little sister? I don't even know if I spelled her name right, but I remember she got pregnant so young and all that drama while she was still this teen queen on Zoe 101. Um, I'm just going to address these as I go down the list. Yeah, this is not the only email that I've gotten about about Jamie Lynn. I'm almost like nervous to do a, a Jamie Lynn episode because it's so speculatory, but I feel pretty confident in my thoughts on Jamie Lynn, and if you know what I mean by that, then you know what I mean by that. Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love might be a dark one, but she had all that Nirvana drama after. I would fucking love to do a a Courtney and Kurt episode. I am, the way that people feel about Kurt Cobain is how I feel about Courtney Love. I am obsessed with her. I love her. Um, for all of the good and bad reasons. And I just, there's just so much interesting shit to talk about. I mean, that would obviously be like a nine part episode, but I would fucking love to. Um, she said, I would love a Marilyn Monroe episode, even though that might be, uh, like too old Hollywood. It's never too old Hollywood. I always feel like I want to kind of cross over into that, like, 
silver screen moment because I do love that. You know, I'm a really, really big fan of like old Hollywood. I told you guys I was reading um, Full Service, the Scotty Bowers book about all of the old like Hollywood tea. Um, so I would love that. And Marilyn Monroe is one of my favorite people to talk about um, ever, just in general. So yes, that'd be amazing. Can you talk about the whole Kabbalah thing that hit Hollywood so hard a few years ago and more trends like Von Dutch, Kitson, etc.? Um, maybe Chris, Chris and Bruce Jenner, uh, Chloe and Lamar. I mean, how about all the drama in, the, in his book of her uh, beating the stripper up, etc.? It just seems so interesting to me that they chose to let the story get public considering how everything they do is so filtered. Agreed. Like, it's such a weird time. It's so weird when the Kardashians just randomly allow things like vulnerable moments like that to happen. And it's obviously because they know at this point that their brand is to be vulnerable to an extent with their fans to like let the people who watch them see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's like through the, like you said, through the filter of the Kardashian edit and the Kardashians being the executive producers of their show. Um, would be interesting on an overall episode about celebrities and just how something can be in quotes real, but at the same time, so fake, like all the paparazzi photos of the Kardashians while still claiming to be the realest ones out there. And some questions about your personal life. Why do you care so much about these couples? Like I totally see why, but would be interesting to know. And also where are you at in life? In some episodes, I get the sense that you are, that you've been feeling low on and off, but are still very professional and delivered what the people want. How do you do that? And like I previously said, me and my two friends who are obsessed with the podcast all agree that your alone episodes are actually the best. Um, yeah, I mean, I've talked on the podcast about my depression and that I kind of on and off suffer from it, from depression. And I've always suffered from depression my entire life, but I just don't know if I knew that I had issues with depression. And then... I got really depressed like a few months ago and like knew it. Like it was like a moment where I came to the realization like you suffer from like clinical depression, not like, you know, I'm feeling low. Mo like you, you have moments of like really feeling like down in the dumps, just like fully depressed. And like, you know, you have those moments where you watch TV and you hear, um, like commercials about depression medications and you're, you're hearing them read off the symptoms and like you kind of make fun of those commercials out loud, but in your head, you're like, check, 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 check. Like that's me. Like I'm not enjoying the things that I normally enjoy and I am wanting to sleep all day and I'm not like eating, eating right right now. And I'm not wanting to like hang out with people and I am secluding myself. Like you're going down the list and realizing, fuck, I'm like clinically fucking depressed and um, when I am having those moments, to be honest, like this podcast is, and not to be like cheesy, but like the podcast has really gotten me through so many of those moments, especially like right now, I, I, I told you, like my grandmother just died. I was like unconsolable a few days ago. I have never really experienced a death that close to me. And I kept having these moments of just crying out of nowhere. Like I wouldn't even know what was about to happen. Like I, one of the, I like I ordered food and the guy <laughs> delivered my food and I wanted to start crying in the middle of like tipping him. So I basically like pushed him out the door so that I could 
drop my food on the ground and just cry standing by my door. Like, I've never experienced that kind of grief. So every moment of it felt like something that I just, like, didn't know how to navigate. But I had to record. And to be honest, like, this is probably the best I felt all week, you know? Like, this podcast does does so much for my mental health because it forces me to be creative and focus on obsessively focus on something for like a really long period of time and get lost in it and then maybe that's why I get so passionate about each episode because I get so immersed in it you know and it's like it's an escape from life and it just feels good to do that and and then it feels good to like birth it and then turn it off and just be like ugh I'm done. <laughs> you know, I did that and I'm and I'm good for the week and I did that and that was fucking awesome. Sophie also sent me a little bonus message and said, Oh, I almost forgot Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I've gotten a lot obviously I've gotten a lot of requests in the past few weeks to do an updated version of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, um, for obvious reason. And yeah, I think that's gonna have to happen. I have an entirely new outlook on Amber Heard and I have an entirely new outlook on Johnny Depp. Um the fake, I'm, I know I keep bringing it up, but, like, just the fake couples episode just liberated me in a way. Like, I don't really know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but it just, like, freed me to talk about things that I find but don't maybe necessarily fit into the narrative of the story that I'm trying to tell or, like, whatever. And it's just, like, fuck it. Like, it's, like, throwing my hands in the air and being, like, you know what? This is the real tea. These are the facts and whether it's politically correct or not to give them to you, it's what is there. This is a podcast about celebrity relationships, and celebrity relationships are not at all what we see in People magazine. They're dark and twisted and fucked up usually, and that's what this is. Anyway, Sophie, thank you for A, this amazing email, and B, getting my podcast to trend in Norway, something that I never thought I'd be able to say out loud for like a week. Those emails I will save and frame. They are now relics and I love you. Thank you. Let's go ahead and do another voice note, shall we? Okay, so Troy, I've really been doing a lot of thinking. Also, this is Anna in case that matters. Um, So with the whole Britney Spears thing, and now even like I've been thinking about Amanda Bynes too. Like obviously Amanda Bynes has recently come out and spoken publicly about her conservatorship and I just keep thinking that like the pop stars and like starlets of the 2000s need to like band together and like save Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes like Christina and Mandy and Jessica like like Jessica just recently came out with her memoir and Mandy just recently came out with um, her song called 15, which is about like coming up against all the things that she did in the music industry at such a young age. And like, can they band together and save each other? Like, like the super friends, like super team it up and like save these girls who like clearly have been just like run through the ringer by the music and pop industry and entertainment industry of the early 2000s and 90s. Like these bad men I'm sure are like lurking in the shadows like and probably still working in the industry like we know that Nickelodeon has some bad peeps working there and like why is no one stopping them do you know what I mean like just thoughts like like Justin and Selena like they have been run through the ringer and like 
their teams are like literally shoving them back into the limelight and like trying to make more money off of them like justin and selena are not mentally well like why are they why are their teams trying to make money off of them again like this is insane like demi lovato overdose last year like why is no one stopping this like do you know what i mean please tell me your thoughts okay bye okay it's anna again i'm back but like can we talk because i'm gonna get back up on my soapbox because everyone's like oh my god billy eilish finally like a teen that we don't have to hypersexualize and like she's doing so amazing and making this incredible music and it's like yes but like you as the consumer were supporting hypersexualizing teenagers in the 90s and 2000s and like that's why we have people who are mentally ill and like not okay and like why why are we still asking things of these poor people and like I mean they're not poor you know what I mean also if you can hear Mickey Mouse in the background hashtag irony because my kid is watching it but like Oh God, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the systemic problem of the entertainment industry. Shit. Okay, I'm hanging up now because I have to get off my soapbox. Okay, this was amazing. Um, Thank you for that two-parter. First of all, of course I know what you mean. Are you kidding me? Story of my life, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I don't think that it's possible for the female pop stars to band together to to help anyone because they've all been put through the ringer, but some of them are just better at hiding it. Like Jessica has been, I mean, look at Jessica. Jessica's the perfect example. Look at her life. Look at how she was introduced into the music industry. Her entire book is about how like her breasts were too big for them to allow her to sing and she couldn't be a Christian pop star because she had she was too developed. So they just threw her into being a really hyperly sexualized pop star who was also a virgin. Who you know men were just... I mean, like, my, I, you know. I mean, we don't have to even get into that. But I think that they're all fighting their own fight. And I think that those girls probably look at Britney and think, like... They look at Britney and Amanda Bynes and think, fuck, it could have been me, you know? It could still be me. Or it is me, and people don't know, you know, because I'm good at hiding it. Um, And I don't think that Christina would be involved in that narrative because she's just a fucking bitch. Like, Christina Aguilera is the least uh, supportive of other women celebrity maybe ever. (laughs) Like, Christina Aguilera could not possibly be any less supportive of other females, especially females that she sees are going through a hard time or, you know, are down. Christina was like one of the main people who used to relish in what was happening to Britney in 2007. And she still does in a fucked up way. Christina's just a fucking cunt. That's never going to happen. And she also has her own issues, you know? Imagine being put through all the same shit, but then having people compare, you know, we've talked about it. I'm not going to, you know, we've talked a lot about it, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's messy. And I don't know. I just don't think that the girls have, I don't think that any of them have the wherewithal to be like, I'm the one who's going to step up and like really, you know, say something. Um, You look at somebody like a Billie Eilish who you brought up and it's like, it's like, why do you think Billie Eilish is so obsessed with like, 
desexualizing herself. You know what I mean? I, I look at Billie Eilish and think like, wow, that's a really blatant form of protection to wear big, huge, giant, massive, baggy clothes that don't show a single curve, cut, or crease of your body. You know what I mean? Like, that's like... And it's not to say that Billie Eilish doesn't just want to dress the way she dresses, of course, but it's also, you know, to be a female pop star, and that's a really bold statement. It's a bold thing to be the most popular female pop star probably in the world right now and show up to the VMAs wearing like size seven XL fake Louis Vuitton clothes. It's, it is a statement in itself. You know what I mean? And I don't blame her. If I was her, I'd probably be doing the same fucking thing. I'd be walking around in big tall tees and saying, don't come near me. Fuck you. Let me sing my beautiful whisper, whispery ballads and be on with my day. As far as Justin and Selena goes, I don't think that Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez have had anybody in their life who has their best interest as a priority at all for a very, very long time. I don't know if either of them ever have, you know, like I I just don't, I don't think the people around them are concerned about how well they're doing. If that was the case, Selena Gomez wouldn't have been allowed to perform at the Billboard Awards or whatever that award show was that she just was fucking tranquilized and staggering around on stage. Like, no, some person who cares about her would have said, this is inappropriate. This is going to embarrass her. This is horrendous. She can't walk. There are videos of her before that award show on the red carpet falling all the fuck over the place, almost falling on her knees, staggering left and right, holding onto guardrails to walk. They, She started off the night with a certain look, and then at the end of the night, they had caked her face in so much makeup to cover up the fact that she couldn't open her eyes that she looked like a 40-year-old, like, like Atlantic City hooker. I mean, it was, like, not the same person, you know? And anybody who cared about her would have said, she can't do this. This is insane. I do think that, like, collectively as a society, we have to stop this, like, this cycle that the industry has us in of, like, punishing child stars and scratching our heads at why they're fucked up like the jig is up if if at this point you don't understand that there's a pattern in child star behavior and most of them turn out the same it's your problem now do you know what i mean and i'm not talking to you i'm talking to like the general public who are like why is Lindsay lohan it's like what what are you still confused about you know what i mean how many nine-year-olds do you know that are doing coke I don't know any, but I do know that Drew Barrymore was dancing on tables at Studio 54 and was coked out of her mind with Andy Warhol. I don't know any nine-year-olds who are battling a coke addiction. Do you know? It's insane. And this, like, constant confusion surrounding why pop stars are so fucked up. It's like they're fucked up because the industry fucks them up on purpose. You know? I can't even get into this because you know how I'll get. But... Ugh, that en- Ugh, it just enrages me. Anyway, Anna, thank you for your question. I mean, uh, we can pray to the gods that one day all the girls put their foot down and say, like, no more. We are all in support of Britney. We know what happened to her. It happened to us, too. And we are standing up for our girl. But I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. But we can keep our fingers crossed. 
This next message is a DM from Rochelle Alana. She said, hello, I've been binging this mushroom and I'm, uh, I'm absolutely obsessed. So I just wanted to say thank you for this incredible content. I also wanted to recommend a book you might uh, be interested in reading. It's called Trainwreck, The Women We Love to Hate, Mock, and Fear, and Why. Uh, both Sadie Doyle's books are amazing. I just finished Dead Blondes and Bad Mothers, which is more horror slash feminism, and now I'm reading Trainwreck, which is blowing my mind. Anyways, thanks again. This mushroom is keeping this Canadian warm through the winter. Thank you very much. This girl has a really fun Instagram. Like, we just, like, like the same things. She's into, like, David Lynch and my so-called life and just all the things, you know? Um, I've already written this book down after I read this DM because I really, really, really need a book to read right now. I just, like, I feel like that's what I need to do. I need to put my fucking phone down and I need to get into a book. And this sounds like the exact kind of book that I would love. So I'm going to start reading this and... Um, maybe it's something that we can talk about on the podcast. Like, I don't know. Let me know if you guys would be interested in talking about like books. If you guys have book recommendations, let me know. I, like I said, I need things that will make me put down electronics and not look at screens. I'm just like looking at screens all day. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to read this and Rochelle, I will get back to you when I finish it or when I start it. Um, but yeah, thank you for the DM. This next message is a DM from, uh, kitties and bullshit. (laughs) She said, hi, I'm really enjoying your podcast, especially the fake relationships episodes. I wanted to ask if this would be a regular installment. I hope so. And if you would please do an episode on Zac Efron and Gina Rodriguez. That sounds delicious. Well, sweetness, I think that you mean Michelle Rodriguez, but I knew what you meant immediately. And um, here's the thing. I'm willing to do that, but you guys have to like, like you have to, it's going to be a collective thing if we do that. Because you guys are going to have to commit to, like, jumping off the deep end with me. Because it's really, like, it has potential to be, like, the most speculatory and salacious episode that I probably have ever recorded. And all of it, obviously, will be alleged. But there's just, oh, God, it's just so fucking dark. So, yeah, I would be down to do that if you guys are willing to, like, literally let go of everything you've ever known in the entertainment industry and like go on that journey with me absolutely i would be willing to do it but i won't be i don't want to be crucified after you know what i mean like that's what i'm actually more afraid of that one than i was of beyonce i'm not gonna lie to you it's like that dark but yes i would be down to do that for sure if uh you promise you won't send me hate mail (laughs) thank you for the dm this next message is a dm from tessa mrb on instagram she said i know you're working hard on the justin selena episodes at the moment but maybe just add to your list for the future I'm curious on your take on Charlie D'Amelio and Lil Hubby. After listening to your podcast, I'm definitely looking at celebrity couples totally different. Also, Cole Sprouse and Lee Reinhardt. And I haven't seen this one, so I don't think you've covered it, but Ariana and Pete would be interesting to hear. Thank you, Tessa, for the DM. Um, I, like I said, I'm, like, really interested in doing more, like, influencer episodes and, like, what I know of those kids is that they live in a fucking hype house. So, like, that counts. Um, I'm sure... I, I, I worry about doing that because I just feel the old curmudgeon... Like, even right now, it's, like, trying to come out and I'm trying to push it back down. But, like, that would be interesting. I don't really have a ton of thoughts on them aside from the fact that, like, TikTok stars make me feel old. But I'm also, like, in love with TikTok and it's my favorite social media app right now. And uh, I want to know more. Um... 
Cole Sprouse and Lily, Lily Reinhardt, again, the Sprouse brothers, I think, have had, like, a super, super, super crazy upbringing that people just do not talk about. So I think that would be super interesting. And, of course, Ariana and Pete. Of course. Are you kidding me? I would absolutely fucking live, laugh, and love that. So, yeah, you can consider that done. I mean, Ariana and Pete is something that I would do immediately. Um, I would do that, like, right after we're done with Justin and Selena. So, yeah, thank you. This next DM is from Victoria on Air on Instagram. She said, I would love a Jesse McCartney episode. I feel like his singing career ended prematurely, and I'm not really sure why. I know from working in radio that record executives stop promoting or pushing stations so hard to play artist music once they reach a certain age, but I wasn't in radio when he kind of fizzled out, so I don't know if that's it or what happened. Um, yeah, I would love to do an episode about him. He falls into the category for me of like a male, like a male young Mandy Moore in the sense that he was like only created as a replica. You know what I mean? There was never any like individual, nothing about him screamed like, this is what I do. He was literally just another like young teen boy band hunk who sung, who sung, who sang like super generic just fake pop songs you know what I mean like I think that he is one of those unfortunate cases where it's like it's really hard to break out of that like I literally was created to replicate the success of somebody else it's why I exist you know and then that I know that he like tried to become an actor doesn't he still act in, or something I don't know he'd be a fun one to, to to deep dive into because I feel like he has a lot of uh he also probably has a lot of weird dark secrets you know he came up in a really weird time in music and I mean he looks the way he looks it's like you know when you look like Jesse McCartney in like 2002 like in entertainment things can't be great for you um and then he also dated that real housewife of Beverly Hills who has all these crazy stories about him so uh yeah I'd be totally down for that uh, this next one is another DM from Emma. I should have probably read these together. Sorry, Emma. Um, she said, another one for the mailbag. I would love your thoughts on Kaler and uh, whether fan fantasy, whether it's fan fantasy or something. What? I've been reading a lot, girls. Whether it's fan fantasy or if there's something to it. And then if there's something to it, have all these relationships been fake? I absolutely believe that there is some truth to the theories surrounding Taylor Swift's female friendships and relationships throughout the years. Um, like having one instance of that is one thing, but like, it's like constant, you know what I mean? And it's been a constant since she was a teenager. Um, I believe that, look, I don't think that there's anybody more, um, I don't believe anybody more than I believe a Taylor Swift fan about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's fans are fucking psychotic and they know they are researchers. They do what I do just for their own sake. You know what I mean? They know everything. They know up, down, left, and right, every single moment of everything happening in Taylor Swift's life. They know that when she goes outside wearing a certain dress during a certain time of the day, that time of the day correlates with the time that she met some guy in Berlin 10 years ago and she wore red lipstick and the red lipstick represents crimson and the crimson represents red wine and the red wine is a symbol for her Christmas party that she had that so-and-so showed up to and left his scarf. It's a whole fucking thing. And I'm into it now that I'm like a Taylor Swift fan. So yeah, I mean, I believe Taylor's fans who think that this is true because they've done 
an outrageous amount of research that points to it being true. Um, this isn't the only Taylor Swift question um, for the mailbag. There's another one coming up that is the same, and my answer is going to be the same, but I'll read it anyway. And thank you, Emma, for the DM. This DM is from Megan Graham. Uh, Megan on Instagram, she said, Hello, my favorite podcaster. Idea for a, a podcast episode, Hayden, Hayden Penetiere and uh, Vladimir. So, I just recorded an episode of Lay Do You Remember This with uh, Dara. And we were supposed to talk about Mandy Moore, but like whenever Dara and I record together, we just like, our interests are so in sync that it just gets crazy. And we ended up talking a lot about Hayden and I had spilled some tea to her about Hayden that like I, I, she didn't know that I had found out that was fucking mind blowing. And it was like a moment. And I really think that she, I want to either record an episode about Hayden with her or I want to record it in general. Um, Hayden is, oh, I keep saying this, but it's always, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Hayden is, uh, how do I say this? Involved in something so, like, dark and salacious and fucking crazy. It is the, it's my, I called it on her podcast, My Silver Tuna. To quote Joe Pesci in Home Alone, Hayden has become my silver tuna. And I hate that you guys have to find out this way, but it is what it is. Hayden is my silver tuna. I have been led down a rabbit hole that I, this one, I don't know if I'm going to be able to dig out of. It's become an obsession. It has become an obsession and we will talk. I don't want to give any of it away because if I do, it won't be as impactful. And then you guys will go and Google and I want to, I want to like surprise you with what I've found. So it's going to happen in some form or another. Absolutely. This next one is an email from, let's see, uh, Constance, Constance Harcourt. She said, hi, Troy, longtime listener, first time caller. Your podcast lights up my Fridays. You're so good at what you do. I've learned so much from your podcast, not to mention you're fucking hilarious. Well, thank you. I want to know your thoughts on Pete Davidson and Pete Davidson's past relationships. Ariana, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Kaya Gerber. Um, is BDE really a thing? How does he, how does a two bang a 10? Okay, now back to listening to Justin and Selena part two. Love, Connie. Cute. Thank you, Connie. Um, well, gal, um, Here's the thing about Pete is that he's a two to some <laughs> and a 10 to others. Now, it depends on how drunk you are, what you've consumed during the day, how low you are at that point in your life. You know what I mean? Like Pete Davidson is somebody who I would let ruin my credit for sure. I would let Pete Davidson rent cars in my name. I would let him lease houses, apartments. I would let him take out loans in my name. I would let him run my social security number through the dirt through hell and back, honestly, I would let him fuck up my, like, my mental stability, Pete Davidson is somebody whose whose car I would end up keying, do you know what I'm trying to say, like, he, I'm, I love Pete Davidson, he's broken, he's, he's a shattered little bird, I do think that Pete Davidson does have BDE, for sure, um, I think that it's, I think that there's something about Pete Davidson that's alluring, that, even women like Kate Beckinsale want to know more about. And if that means like dating him for a week or fucking him for a night or getting engaged to him, the girls want to know what's going on. And so do I. So yeah. Um, 
again, uh, I would love a Pete Davidson episode. It's going to sound a lot like what's happening right now. And um, yeah, again, consider it done. <laughs> this next DM is from Feeny.g on Instagram. She said, hey, Troy, I absolutely love the pod. I look forward to it every week. I'm especially enjoying the Selena and Justin episodes. So as far as fake celebrity couples go, do you think that Chris Evans and Jenny Slate were a fake PR couple? I was very much into MCU Tumblr back when the movies were coming out, so there's a lot of Jenny hate from Chris stands during that time. It's all very interesting, and I'm still not sure where what's real and what's not. Um, my response to that question was, I don't know. Like, that's not something that I know enough about. I mean, all I can say is that I absolutely fucking adore Jenny Slate. I just watched her stand-up special. It was amazing. Um, she doesn't strike me as the kind of girl that gets into fake relationships because she's, like, almost too... She's so emotional and she's so, um, like incapable of like not being authentic. It seems like even like that, like you can take that as a good thing or a bad thing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was fake, but I'd love to get into it because I love Jenny Slate and any excuse to talk about her, I'll take it. She also just has a really interesting dating history. So yeah, I'm into it. The next DM is from uh, Vic Vinegar on Instagram. She said, for my mailbag question, what about the ultimate beard slash Merkin relationship, Will and Jada Smith? (laughs) Also, like, Cat Stacks, baby. Wow, two cats. Wow, that's weird. Two Cat Stacks moments in the same mailbag. Like, what are the odds? I didn't know that you guys cared about Cat Stacks. What are you doing on World Star Hip Hop, girls? Get off the internet, ladies. Um, No, I fucking love... I love Cat Stacks. I'm so excited that you guys care about that. Oh my God. Like that has to happen. Um, and then, yeah, I would love to do an episode about Will and Jada. Like Will, I I have a lot of theories on. I have a lot of theories about Will Smith. My God. But don't we all? Who doesn't have theories? If you live in a world where you still think that Will Smith is like this straight laced, like blo- Hollywood blockbuster, like dimple faced boy, like you were just out of your fucking mind. Will Smith has so much going on. There's so much crazy history behind Will Smith's career and how he came to be and who his relationship with Benny Medina. It's all very fucking weird. Um, so yeah, like again, consider it done. And also like two Will and Jada moments as well. Like it's obviously meant to be. Uh, this is an email from Lucy Byron who said, um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were were they in on the fake hype? Lucy, yes. The answer to that question is yes. I'm not going to devote an episode to that because the answer to the question is yes. Listen, Lady Gaga, I love. I absolutely adore. You guys know that. And this is something that's going to really trigger Russ Martin. I'm almost afraid to say it. Russ, I hope that you don't get offended by this. But there's this this like there's this oh, I'm stuttering. Russ, I'm scared. There's this thing about Lady Gaga this side to her that I know that you guys know where like Lady Gaga is such a chameleon, right? And it's so amazing to watch her like just sort of shape and shift into all these different people. It's amazing. But then at the same time, when it comes to Gaga, she also at times can come off outrageously disingenuous, like disingenuous and not authentic to the point that it's like, it's cringy. And she's had those very cringy moments many times, like, at award shows, you know, 99 people and only takes one, like, that whole thing, where you're like, wow, girl, like, fuck, you know what I mean? But then there are moments where she just feels so authentic and real and honest and 
and and like down to earth in many ways. And I'm gonna be honest with you. This is a really this is I'm gonna offend some people. A Star is Born was not my favorite moment for Gaga. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't love the movie. Yeah, I said it. I thought it was uh, a little, it was too long and it wasn't good. I didn't think the acting was that great. I didn't think the movie itself was that good. The It was good up until about halfway until, I'm not even going to get into that. I don't want to offend people or serve you off the road, but like I didn't love A Star is Born and I actually kind of found Lady Gaga insufferable during that entire press tour. I found the whole thing insufferable. That's my truth. That's my post secret. I didn't think any of it was genuine. I didn't think I didn't think Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper had any genuine chemistry when they were fucking crooning together on the p- piano. I thought it was PR bullshit. I thought Lady Gaga was white knuckling it and doing everything she could to make sure the Academy gave her that Oscar. She wanted it bad. So whatever she had to do, whether that was like go to every single award show and I mean, you know the whole thing like the 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 like award season thing that you have to do if you want to win an Oscar um she was just a little too willing to do it for me at that moment it was just like I was a lot and I I was not into the whole Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper thing I couldn't believe that people were like swooning by their like intimate moments on stage I was like girl anyway no I, I don't think that any of that was genuine <laughs> This next email is from, oh, a listener in Brazil, um, Kusha. Uh, let's see, it looks like she just has, like, a list here. This is fun, okay. Uh, George and Amal, Taylor Swift and Joe, um, all of Taylor Swift's relationships with men. You should do an episode about T.S. and Diana and Carly Kloss. I actually do a closeted lesbian episode, such fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darren, Chris, and Mia Swear, Bradley and Irina, um, Sean Mendez and Haley Baldwin, Brooklyn Beckham and Chloe Grace Moretz, Carly Kloss and Josh Kushner, Oprah and Stedman, Gigi and Zane. I think all the guys from One Direction had at least one beard. Uh, Harry had several. Not sure about Camille though. Um, Louie, uh, don't know their names. Niall had Haley. Zane had uh, Perry and Gigi. The Travoltas, Brie Larson and Beards because she exhales fuckboy lesbian energy. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and women. <laughs> like, God, you, honey, you are reading. Uh, Gigi and Joe Jonas, Diana Agron and her husband, Ariana and Pete, Cole and Lily, the Smiths, uh, Benedict and his wife, probably someone from the royal family. So, lesbians or bi women that are closeted, in my opinion. Uh, Taylor, Diana, Gigi, Kendall, Brie Larson, Dakota Johnson, uh, Barbara. Pavlin, Sophie Turner, um, let's see, Carly Kloss, Camila Cabello, Lauren something, uh, Katie McGrath, bi or gay vibes from closet fictional characters, ooh, love that, Luna Lovegood, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, Jake Peralta, Gina Linetti, Sailor Moon, (laughs) Scar Maleficent, Ursula, Captain, Captain Hook, uh, Mulan, Alice, Goofy, am I, is, are you punking me, Goofy, um, Marita, Cinderella, Elsa from Disney, Bugs Bunny, man, I'm sleepy, I stayed up late listening to your podcast, it's so good, sorry to bother you, XOXO, 
Gossip Girl, LOL, JK, Kisses from Brazil. I'm, this is the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. Um, I'm obsessed with you. I feel like maybe you need to come on this podcast. You just alluded to Scar. First of all, I also, by the way, think that Scar is gay. And there's actually some really interesting, uh, of course, of course it leads me right into some shit I watched on YouTube. But there's a really interesting theory about um, why all of the male villains, my voice is giving out now, uh uh-oh, why all of the male villains from Disney movies are um, flamboyant. And it's because, um, you know, for the most part, for a really long time, like, gay men were seen as uh, the enemy. Gay men were seen as what it means to be, like, a not good person, you know? So, like, it was easy for Disney to write all of their villains as flamboyant men. If you look at all of the male villains in Disney movies, they're all extremely flamboyant. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I love that Scar, by the way, was the thing that of all of the people that you just named off that I'm like, that's the one we're doing a whole episode on Scar. Um, I have nothing to say except for thank you so much for this amazing moment. And I'm going to write all these names down and save them. Um, and this is going to be my new, this is going in Evernote, baby. Like this is going in Evernote for sure. Thank you. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Okay. So we are approaching the end here. I only have two messages left. This is from name brand Ariel on Instagram. She said, Hey Troy, I recently started your podcast and I really liked it. And I've been binging a bunch of episodes lately. When I listened to your episode about fake relationships and you mentioned the One Direction fandom rabbit hole, um, I wondered if you ever heard of the Taylor Swift theory that she's a closeted lesbian. There's a bunch of messages, uh, message boards. Um, fuck. There's a bunch of message boards, blind items, and blogs that have speculated this. The rabbit hole I went down was definitely a surprise, and it actually makes a lot more sense when you look at the public relationships she's the public relationships she's been in. I love the podcast and I can't wait to listen and hear more. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think that there's some truth to, to the, to the rumors that Taylor's fans have dug up about her, um, the theories that they've put together that are like outrageously convincing and how they tie to her music and how, you know, I mean, Taylor Swift, like her, her big giveaway is that she's been in some relationships that are just when you look back are absolutely fucking ridiculous are ridiculous like they're not just silly or like annoying or whatever they're ridiculous they're like laughable they're heavy-handed and I think the interesting thing the more interesting thing is like what are the relationships that Taylor Swift wanted to be a part of what are the relationships that Taylor Swift um, was forced to be a part of by her team? And what are the relationships that Taylor Swift was, like, being used in? I think that there's an element of that in all of her dating history. So, absolutely, I would love to get more into that, um, and it's gonna happen. And my last DM is from Elizabeth Walker. Uh, she has a few suggestions, Rihanna and Chris Brown, uh, we actually did that already. I recorded that with Kara Berry. It's an older episode from like 2017, maybe. Um, Mel Gibson and Oksana. I would love to do that. Tori Spelling and Dean. I actually recorded that as well um, with Princess, probably around the same time. Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain. We talked about that. I would absolutely love to do it. My 
voice is giving out. <laughs> but that was so fun. You guys, we did our second mailbag episode. I'm so excited. And like, fuck, you got, like, see, I'm in a good mood. I have just had maybe one of the worst weeks of my life. And this podcast never doesn't cheer me up. And I just like love you guys so much. And I love your DMs and I love all the things. So the takeaways are that um, we're definitely doing a, the Taylor Swift thing is happening. The cat sex thing is happening. All of, many of the things that you guys mentioned are happening. I'm going to start shit posting on my Instagram because I don't want to part with any of the stuff that I have to, in quotes, delete that I will not be deleting. And I love you guys more than life itself. Like, thank you so much for continuing to listen to this podcast and continuing to put up with me and just like fucking sticking it out like i don't know it's cool i i I never in a million years thought that this podcast would like grow to what it's become i really truthfully thought that this would always remain just like this little thing that i keep in a box that like 10 people know about that my mom occasionally listens to like once a fucking year because i don't think my mom listens to this even anymore (laughs) but uh but i don't know i just love you guys and like thank you so much for like even reaching out to me enough that I could do another mailback episode that lasted an hour and 30 minutes. But I I absolutely have to get off the mic, girls. I love you, and we will continue our Justin and Selena moment next week. Thank you guys so much for all of these messages, and um, your checks are in the mail. Bye. Thank you for listening to This Mushroom, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Also, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos for more information on this show and other Patreon-exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McEady. That's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. 